Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, and joining me on the cast today, my two lovely co-hosts. First up, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan. Ladies. Thank you all for joining us. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit under the weather, and I have a new studio space, so I'm essentially podcasting from a blanket fort. So <laughs> sound quality may be a little iffy for me today, but we appreciate you for joining us. If you want to find us, you can do so on facebook.com slash the League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can choose an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Find us on BGG Guild number 2077 or places like Twitter and Instagram. We want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. You can check them out at playtmg.com and stay tuned here for some chat about all of the latest TMG releases. And one piece before we get into our show for today. The Golden Geek nominations are up over on BoardGameGeek.com. If you like the content, if you'd like to nominate us, head on over there. Check the announcements section for the link. You can also check our show notes or the BGG Guild to find your way over to Golden Geek nominations and nominate us if you'd like. We'd appreciate it. Today's show, we're getting back to basics. Nothing too fancy today. We are going to chat about our top of the stack from December and January. We're going to chat about our most anticipated games of 2017. And then before we get into any of that, as usual, we are going to chat about what we've been playing. So, my voice hurts now. Tiff, what have you been playing? Not a lot, (laughs) as per usual, but I did introduce my board game clubs to Tokaido, so that we've been playing a lot of that, actually. They've become addicted to it. It's going over well. They needed something relaxing. It's so pretty. Yeah, well, and I, what I like about it when they play it is they get really into, like, the narrative of the game that they're creating, like, oh, you did all this, and you didn't eat any meals, and I don't know, they just, they, lo- they love making fun of each other's choices, and it's just a little less aggressive than what they've been playing before, and so there haven't been any tears lately, and that's good. What has been making people cry? Oh, well, it's really not people. It's one person who just really doesn't like to lose, and we're working on that. But it was, uh, oh, Maximum Throwdown that mm. that sparked tears a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, that's it. No more attacking games for a while. We're taking a break. <laughs> Is it Maximum Throwdown like a dexterity game? It's a dexterity game, but you you throw cards and you're attacking other people's potential to get points. So, And he was out in front of everybody, and so everybody started attacking him, and it was very upsetting. So we've switched over to some less attacky games. And like I said, Takedo, they've, they've, they've wanted to play it. They've gotten it out without having me push them to do it, so... I think it's going over well. It's hard to like get upset like, oh no, I can't go to this farm. I guess I'll go to the temple now. Like, you know what I mean? None yeah. of the things are just like, you just can't get upset about it. It's so relaxing. It's so pretty. And you're not doing anything that's too serious. I guess I'll just have to stand and look at this beautiful panorama instead. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are so, they playing with your deluxe fancy version? No. no. Okay. Too sticky. Yes. Very nice. Well, that's a good one. That's one that we haven't broken out in a while. I haven't even seen your deluxe fancy version, Dan. Have you even gotten to play with that, or is that just a collector's item? It's it's actually in my bedroom. <laughs> he sleeps with it. 
It so, stays so close. So many games in that bed. I was going to say. It stays so close to me. That's why Elsa sleeps on the couch, I suppose. I'm feeling motivated to get out my deluxe copy now because, yeah, I, I, when I, I don't know, Tokaido is beautiful and it's a very simple game, but I remember getting kind of bored of it at one point, but that deluxe edition sucked me in and I haven't played it. I've just sort of looked at it and petted it, but I've had fun playing it with the kids. So I think, I think it's time to bust that thing out. You guys do weird stuff with your games. Just thought you should know. That's how I like it. Speaking weird. of Dan, how has uh, your gameplays been? How have your gameplays been lately? What have you been playing? Well, Thursday we had a really uninteresting game night. Yes, with we a did. A bunch of mediocre oh. stuff. Although the one game that we played that I liked, no one else. Well, I think Matt was mostly the only person who really didn't like it. But why am I being? I don't know. Why am I being singled out in that sense? Because Steve and Smee both messaged me and said, yeah, that was not too bad, actually. So <laughs> I was just saying. Like, I didn't say it was bad. It was it. boring as all hell, though, wasn't it? Yeah. So the game we're talking about is Rolling Freight. This is a game that I've had on my shelf for a while now. I got this in a trade. And uh, first and foremost, whoever traded it to me, you suck. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's missing pieces, and I hate that. I, I mean, I should have inventoried it when I got it. But at the same time, like, man up and tell me if there's a piece missing. Like, that's not that hard. Like, I'm not going to scream and shout. Well, it is possible that they're unaware that a piece is missing. Like, I'm selling all these games. I keep pretty good track of all of my stuff, but it's it not happens. Like a, no, it's not like a cube. These are cards. Like, it's not like something that gets thrown under the couch kind of There's thing. a lot like, of cards in that game, though. Yeah, I get that. But still, like, how do you lose cards? Like, uh, I don't know. It's just, anyways. Um, so this game is like it's a train game with dice, um, hence the rolling part of the rolling freight title. And you know, on your turn, you're going to roll dice. These dice have various colors, and these colors correspond to uh, different tracks on the board. And you use these dice to take actions: so laying track, delivering freight, uh, upgrading your stations things like that so it's really is all your typical tropes of a train game just again thrown in with a little bit of dice rolling which is is mitigable i can't speak today to a certain degree that just sounded like crisscross i almost got into that little mac daddy kind of thing there it was kind of lost myself in that but um yeah so my biggest gripe was i guess the downtime but i don't know i mean my turns were quick i i was still confused why everyone else was taking so long although i did find finish in last place over the two rounds that we played so maybe that kind of contributed to it i wasn't overthinking everything i was just kind of going through the motions like i do in a first play but um the downtime was definitely slow um we decided to quit after two rounds which felt like longer than it was um but you know we could definitely tell people were uninterested in playing any further so we just kind of called it and then we went on to play even crappier games after it so it was a bad game night (laughs) overall but rolling freight i thought you know it's a train game so i wasn't sure how the dice would play into you know the whole kind of structure of a train game but it was what i would expect you know building rails delivering freight um this game does it in an interesting way that it kind of unlocks various parts of the board um over three rounds so you kind of build up in one area and then you build up in 
the secondary. And then by the third round, you've built up pretty much in the whole board and you've got access depending on how you, you know, tactically placed your rails or strategically, I should say, cause I horrible at that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, overall, I liked what it was doing. I think my biggest gripe was four players. I would never play it at four players. I think this is a two or three player game, but I, I don't hate it, but yeah kind of bummed me i was missing pieces that really annoyed me but big ups to uh ape games who when they saw my tweet they said you know email us and we'll get you what you're missing so that was nice this game isn't bad and i don't think that anybody at the table said the game was bad i think we all agreed that the downtime was pretty bad with four players that was kind of the worst piece and then there was also the second element of the idea that you don't really get control over what routes you're unlocking there's only four routes to open when you when it's your turn, you can grab a contract to open a route. There's only four available, and they come out randomly uh, based on the section of the board that's being unlocked. So you don't have a lot of control over building your route in a meaningful and strategic way. Um, so that was kind of my problem was, okay, this game is taking forever, and when I get to my turn, my choices are kind of dictated to. Like, I don't get to do a lot of the things that I want to do, plus the dice also tell you what you can do. You know, sometimes I couldn't do what I wanted to do because I didn't roll the right colors. And there isn't a lot of mitigation outside of some of the upgrade cards. You can't really flip cards. You can bank from turn to turn to try to improve your probabilities and things like that. But overall, I just found the game in that moment was was pretty boring. And it took us like an hour to set up. And I know you said, you know, we'd only been playing for an hour and 15 minutes. But overall, it was almost a two and a half hour affair. And we weren't even... We were only two thirds of the way through the game. So you actually were the one to call it. I would have kept playing and finished it out, but uh, you said, let's just stop. So, well, I knew once you guys started saying you wanted to play another game in between your turns, I was like, all right, I've lost everyone. So it's, it's fine. I'm not against stopping it. If people have kind of just gone their merry way in their head, that's fine. And I'm games do that, you know, there's nothing wrong. with. Well, to be fair, you can't do anything in between turns. There's no planning to be done. You can't really, I mean, we had well, a lot of time in between turns. You can look at your dice and say, okay, I can do this. And then you sit there. So all we did was set up Flip City and that kind of rubbed you the wrong way. But, you know, you couldn't do anything on your turn and it wasn't even interesting to watch people take their turns. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it did kind of rub me the wrong way. I'm going to openly admit it because, I mean, we're playing a game like and to set up another game in the middle of it. I think it's just kind of rude. It's just like cell phones. Like when people sit and like just sit on their cell phone for hours at a time, like that's annoying. It's the yeah, same the thing, thing is, with like setting up another game. Made a comment about me setting up the game, so we stopped, and then I just sat on my cell phone, and you didn't say anything about me getting being on my cell phone the whole time in between. Well, turns. that's because I just I knew you were gone, so I wasn't even. We were all on anymore. our cell phones. You were on your cell phone in between turns. It was a the game took too long. That's fine, I, and I'm I'm okay with it. I, Can I just interject that both of you would have been severely reprimanded if you were a board game club for both of those infractions? <laughs> but would you have no put us in a situation phones. to play that game though? Maybe I would have. I mean, given the two of you. <laughs> it happens. You have bad games. You just plug through. Not every moment of your life can be entertaining. That's why I teach the kids. I mean, I think we, to go into some of the other games that we played, we played Siege, we played Flip City, and we played Hanshu, which Hanshu's fine. That, that wasn't really, that was probably the highlight of the game night. Uh, Siege and Flip City, not terribly exciting. Flip City's got some problems. We played the Wilderness expansion because TMG sent it over to us. Uh, it it just has a lack of variability, and I don't know if you mix that with the other titles 
because there's two other, there's the base and, and another expansion. If you mix them together, maybe you'd have some more variability. But when we played Wilderness, there is, it's set up to make you want to call your deck because it's like this weird like flipping deck building game, uh, pretty light. With four people, it was relatively uninteresting. Dan and Smee spent the beginning of the game just like busting every turn uh, with their push their luck. So they didn't get to do anything for a while. And then Smee ended up winning. So it didn't, you know, kind of ruin his whole game. But in general, the decisions are not that exciting. There's only four double-sided cards out. So there's eight different buildings to interact with. And they're uh, you kind of have to do the same strategy to get to the end game. So it's not supposed to be a terribly deep game, but it was pretty uninteresting. And then Siege is probably somewhere middle of the pack in terms of that game night. It's from AEG. It's a two to six player kind of bluffing deduction-y game. It plays pretty quick, uh, but it doesn't quite give you enough to do to really make meaningful choices. Some of it you're kind of guessing and posturing and uh, it's it wasn't bad, but it's it was an uninteresting game overall. So on the whole, out of four games, out of like five hours of gameplay, didn't get a whole lot that we really enjoyed to the table. So it was a learning experience about what we do and don't like, though. Flip City's a snooze fest. Seriously. <laughs> that game was so boring. I, the oh only gosh. way I could see that being super interesting or more interesting would be with two players. Yeah, or if you cut 20 minutes off of the time it took to play it. Which is why what two players would do. You'd cut two players out and you'd, you know, it'd just go a lot Maybe. faster. Siege was not that great. Hanchu, I don't even find Hanchu all that interesting, but I, I think it's it's a fine enough filler. Yeah, I don't get why you're down on Hanchu. It's pretty smart. I'm not down I on like it. it, I just find, yeah, I don't, see, I don't, I don't find it all that smart. I just think it's kind of a go through the paces. You play a card preferably higher number sometimes lower number like there's a little bit of like they call it a trick-taking game it's not a trick-taking game it's basically a, a bidding game you put out a card with a number on it and whoever has the highest wins yeah and then the building thing is it's fine but it's like yeah it's just i don't know it's okay i, I have no problem playing it i sold my copy as soon as i played it after essen it's getting reprinted renegades bringing it over i don't know if they're going to change anything i don't know that you need to change anything i just I just find it, yeah, it's just in the middle of the pack. It's okay. We played it yesterday with Mike and Jenna and Kel, and it was, it went over well. You know, it was the perfect game for that game group where people who aren't playing a lot of games, Jenna, who really doesn't like to play games, it made sense. It was easy to teach. We played it pretty quickly while we were waiting for food to come. You know, it it fit the niche for, for what it is. But I, I recognize your concerns about it. Like for you, I don't see it being a game that you would keep or even bother playing. It seems like a game you satiate so quickly that it seems like you just move on from it, which you have. But I, you know, I think it's in the running with things like Fuji Flush and, you know, other light card games like that. It's, it's a nice, the tile placement or the card placement is a nice element that you haven't seen a lot in that size of game. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, I guess the most interesting part of the game. The first, it's definitely not a trick taking game. Yeah. And that part to me is kind of like, it's a placement game. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's perfectly fine. Like it's a it's a firm six point five for me. Like I have like you like you just mentioned, like I'm not I mean, I typically don't play with the, the, the same types of like people like casual. I don't get the kind of casual gaming in, so I don't really need, have a need for those two casual games. Yeah. All right, Tiff, anything else that you've been getting the table, maybe with adults? No. Oh, <laughs> I don't maybe play with games kids. with adults. 
Okay, so I may have... I At some point, I put Gauntlet of Fools in the Board Game Club collection because my board game club got sick of it, but I thought, oh, this will go well with kids. Not really thinking about the hangover tile that's in there. I'm like, oh, that's a little inappropriate, but they had already started playing it. They were like, Mrs. B, we know what a hangover is. We're in middle school. I'm like, man, I don't think I knew it. Maybe I did. I'm pretty sure I did. But anyway, so we they played that and they they loved that. It was fun. So if if you don't know Gauntlet of Fools, it's a oh gosh, who's the Dominion guy? I thought I lo- I've lost his name. Donald X. Donald X. Yeah. So it's a game of his that sort of flopped, but it works in two phases. One phase where you have these different characters that are paired up with weapons, and you boast, which is kind of the fun part of the game on uh, to to get them so oh i want the barbarian with the cleaver and i will take him with a hangover uh which will give you some sort of negative benefit negative yeah sure we'll call that a negative benefit and then you keep doing that until everybody has just agreed to take one of them and then you go through a dungeon of cards and you fight these different monsters the it's great because you all die you, they know ahead of time that they're all going to die, that none of them are going to survive. So they're all going to lose, essentially. So it, it kind of takes away a little bit of the competitiveness that middle schoolers tend to have. And uh, and then you, you just see who has the most gold at the end is the winner. So I don't know. I think they had fun with it. They played it twice because it's a short game and... I was I was super impressed because I had one of my kids actually trying to read the rules for himself before I even got in the room for board game club. So we're really making some progress in like I'm gonna I'm gonna try to learn these rules without Mrs. B helping. And that was kinda nice. Cool. So yeah. We've had some real successes lately at Board Game Club. Have you been it sounds like you haven't been playing as much with them. I haven't been, no. I mean I they they want me, they they fight over me. (laughs) a little bit you know so like, do dan if I'm and not, i it's okay if i'm not playing then it's somehow a less interesting game so what i usually do is hopefully one of the game one of the groups will be because now i've things have sort of culled down so i got two groups a group of eighth graders and a group of seventh graders and they're not interested in really playing with each other so hopefully one of those groups is playing something they already know and then i'll introduce something new to whoever is not doing that so that's worked out pretty well and they and then they kind of teach each other so it's been it's working cool that's good to see a lot of development over the the podcast with the board game club yeah yeah i i need to start making some more videos on suggestions someone asked me about like how do you teach them to teach rules and things like that and i have some thoughts on it yeah very cool all right, Dan, before we move on to our top of the stack recap, give me one more game. What else have you been playing? I tried out Kingdom Builder again, finally. Because that was a game, when I first played it, I thought was really boring. Super random, like placing little things. But I played it again, and I don't want to say it grew on me, but it was not as bad as I remember. I still have some issues with the game itself, but... um. It's expanded enough now that I think they've fixed a couple of things and the randomness you can kind of play into to a certain degree, almost kind of, you know, tactically. So, yeah, I actually, it kind of grew on me a bit more. I I have a 
I don't want to say a reversed opinion of it, but my sour opinion of it is more of a pucker now. How about that? <laughs> As that opposed is a to a strange complete, description, but I think I get you. A complete frowny face. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of like, hmm. Speaking in emojis. Yeah, I can see why people like that game. It's it's on the lighter side. It's uh, It's added a couple things that I think really help it. So what did you play with specific expansions or was it just over the years they've changed the rules or No, they haven't changed the rules. There's just like three different expansions. Um I played the base game in person on the table and then I have the app and I went back and played some things on the app because it's so much quicker on the app to play and it does all the math for you, which is probably my biggest <laughs> plus for the app is it does all the math um cuz it can get a bit annoying at the end. Uh, counting up all the little houses and stuff so yeah and all the houses get played in the same direction so it looks really nice and neat on the app yeah yeah they do that's the worst part of the real game yeah the real game has character you know it's just like nobody builds a house facing a certain i want them all in line not me i hate those little cookie cutter neighborhoods i think they're they're silly (laughs) (laughs) all right so kingdom builder not terrible yeah it's been upgraded to not terrible. That's practically a glowing review from Dan. It is. Well, you should go out and try it. It's not the worst thing you'll ever play. It yeah. lends credence to the idea that we should play games a couple of times and come back to them. Uh, oh, I've played it. I've I used to play it. I used, I've had the app for years, and I used to play it. That's kind of how I first got into it. And it, it's just you know you flip a card and you place things. Like it was kind of a snooze fest, and it still can be. Um, but if you keep it at like two or three players, it's it's all right. You can get through the paces. Cool. Let's go ahead and move forward into our top of the stack. We last did this for December and January. A little two-month period because we got halfway through December, I think it was. And today we'll recap that and then go into February. Tiff, you had Me Tierra, Pandemic the Cure, Experimental Meds, and Gates of Loyang. How'd you do? Pretty terrible, I'd say. Yeah. I did get to play Pandemic the Cure Experimental Meds. How was it? It was good. I liked it. I mean, I didn't play... Patrick Hillier came over and taught it to me, which is pretty much the only way I will play games now. If you just show up to my house and teach them to me, that's how I will play games with adults. But, um, yeah, we didn't play everything that's in that box, but it did make it harder some of the things so it was good and Meteora still haven't played gates of loyang fully intended to play with my board game club or my board game group here at home uh just i really want to play some games that i've played before and we just it hasn't worked out <laughs> board game night keeps getting canceled for various adulting reasons so maybe eventually i'll game again who knows one day i played the same game twice yesterday is that weird that is crazy. I feel weird. What'd you play? I played Great Western Trail twice in a row. Nice. It was weird. It was bizarre. <laughs> but I, I got increasingly better. My first game, my score was like 65. My second game, I was 108. So you can do it. You should have played it one more time. <laughs> New high score. Would nope, I was tired six of it, hours to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I was tired of it after that point. All right, Dan, well, did you get to play Haspelnecht, Tavarua, The Colonists, or 1989? Um, Haspelnecht, no. Uh, Tavarua, yes. Colonists got through the Ish. the tutorial game of it. Uh, 1989, nope. It's a two-player game, and those are a pain in the ass to get on the table. So I did not play that. That was ambitious of me. 
Yeah, except for that brother who loves two-player games you have. Mm. Yeah, but that brother doesn't want to drive to Bel Air all the time. I don't. <laughs> I don't. So, so what do you have okay. on tap for February? Uh, for February, I've got a couple of new ones that I just got in. My The Great Zimbabwe from Splatterspielen that I ordered, what, last January? It finally showed up. Good God. Thank you. Um, so I really want to play that. It's supposed to be like a, a lighter kind of logistics type game. Um, I say lighter because it's still a splatter, so it's probably not going to be super light, but it's supposed to be less fiddly and more kind of straightforward, and apparently you could play in under an hour. Can you give so. me like a 20-second preview of what this game is? Because I look at the box in the game store, and the back of it is blank, so... Um, like, you want the theme? I just don't get Zimbabwe. what it is because the I look at the box. was like, oh, what is the great Zimbab- Zimbabwe about? And it says, uh, this is a white backed box and it's 125 dollars. that's all i know about the game is that one 125 or is it you were looking at indonesia weren't you? i think both of them are 125 that's crazy this one's like about like building trade and monuments and temples in ancient africa <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just cool. a euro it's got game. this yeah it's just a euro game it's got this like really cool little like you know ancient african kind of art style to it with things that look like almost like cave writings and stuff like that um for the fonts um yeah you're just trying to you're trying to build monuments to the gods okay and i think as i i haven't played it yet i'm still reading through it but i believe you like you choose a god in the game and you have to kind of like impress that guy there's like 12 of them they give you like unique blessings and sort of things like that um but yeah it's kind of just a it's a logistics economics game when it comes down to it you know there's little modular board pieces and you're moving about those pieces trying to set up your your monuments and yeah cool all right so, what else are you have i'm sorry to derail you there no it's fine i like i said i'm still i just got that one last week so i just started reading the rule book last night um, what did I say? Great Zimbabwe, uh, Roundhouse. This was the first purchase of 2017. I did so well. I sold 11 games before I finally bought one, but this was one I'd had on my list since Essen last year, but it sold out. This is by the same people who bought, brought Burano to us. Same designer, I believe. Um, and this is called Roundhouse. So it's kind of based on those old ancient, like Chinese roundhouses that were almost like villages of unto themselves mm-hmm. within this kind of structure and uh it's a rondelle style game where you're just kind of going around the roundhouse and you know doing your research it's got a real feldian kind of feel to it a lot of like little inner working kind of mini things going on so um it looks cool i'm looking forward to that one it popped up i, I had a reminder on it since like october of last year and i got the email and i was like boom sold didn't hesitate on that one i'm hoping to get it played so Hopefully it doesn't suck, but if it does, I'll sell <laughs> Isn't it. that always the hope? Yeah. Um, and the last one is The Colonists. I want to play a full four-era game of The Colonists, but I'll take a single or two-era game as well. But yeah. Right. I really want to play that. Well, I'd like to play that as well. It's not on my list, but whenever you want to play it. Yeah, I'm here. All right. For December, January, I did poorly as well. I'm very sad about this. Uh, Blood Bowl still has not gotten played. I really want to play that. Uh, Conan did get played. Still liking Conan. I need to get past. I really want to do the ship battle scenario, but uh, I got to get people back into it. Uh, Vikingdoms. I just haven't gotten through the rulebook yet. Last time I tried to read it, I fell asleep, but it's really not that bad of a rulebook. I just need to do it. 
And then Sekigahara, I have thought about playing Sekigahara so many times, uh, I actually broke it out to read the rulebook, and it wasn't in the box. So it's in my stack of rulebooks somewhere, and then we just got done the move, and ever since we moved the house, and we're still not done with the house, it's been a nightmare to try to get to play games. So uh, things like Sekigahara are not getting played, because they just take too long, it's too much of an investment. So uh, unfortunately, not there. For February, I'm going to keep Blood Bowl on there, because I'm really itching to play that. Uh, I want to, I'm, I'm doing something a little bit differently, instead of like playing a specific game, I want to complete our Prophecy of Dragons campaign, because we got back into time stories, played Prophecy of Dragons back up to where we were before, so I'd like to finish that off, hopefully in February maybe we can get a chance to do that, and then Kel and I have started Mythos Tales, which I got for Christmas from her, or my birthday, and we played the first investigation, it was a lot of fun, so I'd like to play two more Mythos Tales mysteries, I don't want to beat all 10, but I think for February, if we can get two more in, I will consider that, you know, a completed part of my top of the stack. So that is the kind of Sherlock Holmes consulting detective with Cthulhu. And it was pretty cool. We liked it. So that is uh, December, January, and February for top of the stack. Be sure to head on over to BGG Guild number 2077 to let us know what your top of the stack is and how you did with December, January. I guarantee you did better than us because we're a bunch of bums. But that is okay. Hey, just so you know, I didn't say any games for February. Oh. Wait, did you? Nope. Oh, you just did the meteor. Oh, yeah. I just jumped, I just moved on from you. Yes. Was it because I'm a woman? It it really is. Yeah. Knew it. Uh, that was so. I'm so sorry. Why didn't you stop me so much sooner? I figured you just I let us do all back. of that. We did all of Dan, and you didn't say anything. I thought you had a plan. I had no plan. I thought you were doing the snake thing, maybe. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do a little little edit here. Please let me know what is on tap for February. Well, the easy thing about not playing games is that coming up with my next top of the stack is pretty easy. I'm going to stick with the games that I didn't play, so I'm going to keep Gates of Loyang. I'm kind of worried that I'm never going to play Meteora because it's my game and I need to learn the rules if I want to play it, and I never seem to have time to... Learn rules, but I'm going to keep it on there. Me, Tierra. And I want to play Herbaceous, which I recently got in the mail. That one should be pretty easy to get to table. That's why I put it on there. I like that. Very Fingers crossed. manageable goals here, Tiff. You'll probably love that, too. Everyone seems to like it. <laughs> I always set realistic top-of-the-stat goals, but well, it doesn't always pan out for me. How long has Me, Tierra been on your list? Um... Three, three since times? Since I got it. Four times? Yeah. Yeah. Since I got it. I mean, I really want to play it. I just... Can I read I the rule book for you? I reading the rule book. Yeah, I know. That's what I need. I need someone in my life who enjoys reading rule books more than I do. I can teach it to you know. via Skype. I can't That's play I it, but I can teach I it to really you. I really need that, but <laughs> I you know, I need to just suck it up and, and make it a priority. We'll see if it happens. Probably not, but we'll try. Well... We wish you luck. Although, don't do better than me, please. Oh, there's zero chance of that. <laughs> All right. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to chat about our most anticipated games of 2017. Join us for that. All right, now we're into break. I'll splice that together. Sorry, Ted. Welcome back, everyone. It is time to chat about 
2017's most anticipated games from us. We usually have a pretty diverse list, so I'm excited to jump in. I'm going to start with Tiff so that I don't forget to include her in this conversation. Tiff, give me one game or more that you're super (laughs) excited for. It's funny, when I start creating this list, I, I'm like, I don't want to get excited for new games. I'm really trying hard not to buy games. So researching this list, I just want you to know I made a sacrifice for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I really for don't want For the sake of the games. content. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but there are some decent games coming out. One that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get my hands on is Soul Last Days of a Star. Mm, yeah. I think we maybe talked about it in Kickstarter times, and I came very, very close to backing it. But there are just too many things in the mechanisms, and it seems really open, and I was like, I don't know if I'll like it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm really afraid to back Kickstarters. Yeah. Because I've gotten some a lot of duds. So... I don't know if it'll go to retail or not. They don't know if it'll go to retail or not. They might have some surplus that they sell off. But, you know, I like the play. You know, the time is only up to 90 minutes. We'll see if that is true. But uh, you you are going into... The sun is dying. You're going into the star. And there are stations that you activate. And I don't know. It's got a circular-shaped sun board yeah. thing. And it looks real good on the table. And... I don't know. I like the theme. I like sending energy back to an arc to save humanity. Yeah, that's this one crossed my path as well. I, I chose for my list, the majority of these games were not on Kickstarter because I found a lot of cool Kickstarter projects, including this one, which has a great theme and, and some really interesting looking mechanisms, but I wasn't sure what was going to be available and it's it's harder to rely upon Kickstarter games. So I tried, there's still a few on my list, but I tried not to include them all, but uh, Soul was... A tough one to cut off. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, and I have a couple like that where I was like very close. They're both space games, actually. Planetarium is my other one. It was another Kickstarter. And yeah. I backed Exoplanets instead. But, it, you know, this Planetarium I didn't get because it was Game Salute. And yeah, I, yeah. I backed it. I have it coming at some point. So I'll wait for you to play it. And then if you like it, I will get it. That's my plan for Planetarium because I know it'll come out in retail. Yeah, I think that that's a good one to, to trust. That's all the Kickstarter projects I have on here except for one I know will be coming out in retail at some point. So, But speaking of retail, buying games, Dan, tell me about the game that you just bought during our break. <laughs> um, yeah, so I it's a, um, it's a block war game called Urban Operations. That sounds cool. Uh, yeah, so I really like the, I mean, you had just talked about kind of Sekigahara, so I love the way the block system kind of creates that fog of war. I mean, that probably goes back to my days playing Stratego with Dad, kind of, I love that kind of, that just that small little element of the bluff yep. um, with the pieces, but um, usually you find, like, the block system in, like, kind of, like, an ancient setting or, a, a you know, a historical setting, and this one is, is based in a modern setting, so... there's got like different scenario maps and it plays two to six players it's got all kinds of stuff so there's like you know yeah i'm not gonna get too nerdy into it but you know you've got your building operations you got explosives you got long-range firing so um i could see all of those kind of elements being really interesting with again the the fog of war block system kind of thing like what is that guy down the street i don't know what he is is that a sniper i need to figure that out you know something like that so 
Yeah, I just I just spent a lot of money on this one, um, but I'm really really interested. Who's in it, it coming from? It's it's coming from Nuts Publishing. Nice. Um, so it's coming from the EU. Okay. So I had to pay shipping on it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I did, I I forget where I read about it, but I just was super intrigued by it. I just think that's such a cool way because yeah, like so, Seki Kahara is like you know it's cool the block system in like ancient Japan, but like having it with that modern warfare, like where you're ducking around buildings and blowing up vehicles and like I don't know, it sounds really fun. I. Mike, our brother, said to me one time, because I was really into, I was reading about something, and he said, yeah, when you get older, you, for some reason, get more interested in military and history and things like that. And I found that maybe I've just crossed the threshold to being interested in, like, more history, historical, but also more military stuff. And modern military is just really cool. I really like urban set, you know, urban warfare, modern settings. I've been drawn to some of the games. I haven't bought them, but some of the games that are out right now that kind of fall into that theme I've been gravitating towards. So this will be interesting. I'll be, I'll be excited to check this out. Yeah. I, yeah. Apparently it's going to, it's delivering in March. So oh, wow. Okay. Hopefully soon. Is it already, we'll it's already out then, I guess. No, it was, um, they did it like a kind of like a P 500 okay. kind of thing. And they just reached, I think the 500, I think they reached it in like November or something like that. Gotcha. So it, it went into production. I think it's delivering. It might take a little longer since it's coming overseas. Yeah. Cool. What's that called again? It's called Urban Operations. Neat. Well, I guess we've been... Where do I go with this? Do I want to get FFG out of the way now? Do I want to talk about it later? I don't know. Let's just go ahead Man, and throw I got a lot of. I got a lot of history games on my Dude. list. I, must, I, I do think too. I crossed that threshold a long time ago. I uh, obviously am excited for Netrunner Terminal Directive. That should be coming out within the next month or two. Uh, that's the legacy style like campaign Netrunner game. Steve and I are excited for it. It's just putting a twist, getting Netrunner back to the table for me in a new way. Do you play against each other or do you play against the game? You play against each other. So one person plays the oh. corp, one person plays the runner, and you start with very basic cards and some objectives. And as you, you play Netrunner for the same mechanisms but for like a different goal and as you you can upgrade your guy and you can get new things and get new cards and unlock packs and stuff like that but it's all self-contained so it's just like this new way uh kind of like they've been doing with they did the armada campaign setting they've they've been trying to like beef up their the diversity within the system so instead of like having these games die off let's try a new way to play it or experiment so a a pretty cool way um, to play netrunner but i just want to throw that out there that's an obvious pick but one of the games that stood out to me when I was looking through things is, I believe, a, a former Kickstarter project, but it actually ended up on the list for most anticipated of 2017, and that's a game called Deep Madness, which thematically they describe it as a combination between the Cthulhu mythos and the Alien movies. Do I have you, Tiff? Do I have yeah. you? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. It's got minis, which are good oh. and bad, you know. Mm, and bad for me. It is a cooperative dice rolling game uh, with modular board and action points and things like that. Basically, it's a scenario-based thing where you've kind of dug deep down too far. You've encountered this crazy horror, this bad thing that's kind of sci-fi and kind of... It's kind of alien sci-fi and kind of Cthulhu sci-fi. And then you play through each of these missions that have different goals while you cooperatively try to resolve whatever it is, whether it's escaping, whether it's, you know, solving this crisis, whether it's fighting this boss. And the phase structure sounds pretty cool. You know, monsters spawn, there's a variety of them. You've got different actions that you can take. 
the gameplay overall sounds a little more cut and dry, but the theme, you know, I mean, that's pretty much my bread and butter right there, you know, Cthulhu and, and Alien. Don't know what the availability will be, but a game that's definitely caught my attention, and it sounds like it's getting enough buzz that maybe it'll hit retail and, and we'll be able to get our hands on it. So that's called Deep Madness. Tiff, anything else Deep exciting? Deep Madness. Sounds like a porn. Um, well, I don't know how to, how to take over from there. Tell me, what would the theme it sure does, be, Dan. Dan? Tell me. <laughs> What's up? It's not pizza delivery or cheerleader in the locker room. What would the theme of that adult oh, film we be? Have, we have young listeners, so I'm not going to let my mind run free at this point <laughs> in time because I'm sure I could get pretty creative. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Tiff, what else is on your list? <laughs> uh, museum is on my list okay. for sure. Yeah. It's got a crap ton of Dutrade art, like... 300 plus illustrations so i can't say no to that plus it's turn of the 20th century can't say no to that the mechanism sounds simple it's kind of set collection you're curating a museum and you're collecting artifacts and trading them and you have patrons and you get different uh, archaeologists to give you bonuses and there are some event cards that throw of uh, you know, make it a little bit harder, but it sounds pretty straightforward. It's 30 to 60 minutes. It, you know, that's my sweet spot. The art is just, oh, so good though. So <laughs> I think, I think that's one that'll be perfect for me. Yeah. Light, pretty, turn of the century. Sounds like Tiff's MO. Is that going to be your new thing? Your new uh, theme of choice that you latch onto? I read a lot of turn of the century fiction. I, I, I like that time period. It's just interesting. So it's not going to be my new thing. It's always going to be Wild West. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, I want this, like, I want you to have a library of games in the sense that literally you have sections where you're like, here's my labeled shelf of Westerns and now I've moved I on to collecting. Yeah. I could do that <laughs> easily. I think it'd be awesome. You'd be a great board game, board game librarian, Tiff. Mm-hmm, yeah. For sure. Why do they call it the turn of the century? Because we've, we've turned a few of them. So why is it specific to... It's the only one that mattered. I know, I'm just... No. no. <laughs> Are you serious? Get out of here with that. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like a weird like way to label that specific time period because it's just so generic and happens all the time. Well, didn't we just know, turn a Every century? 100 years or so? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like When you say, I love turn of the century games, I'm thinking, ooh... She's in that dot com two thousand. I was gonna say year. she's really into. <laughs> yeah, no one thinks about that. No one cares about that. She's really maybe, into like bad like pop music. Fifty years from now, that'll be the thing, right? Yeah. Oh, I love Turn of the Century. We'll be like, oh. Ricky Martin was the best. Just want to know what century we're turning because there's been a few. That's all. I I specified at the beginning of my spiel, so I I've, I've done my due diligence. Get off my back. I get it. It's it the it's a, the century it's a silly that Tiff. Phrase was born in so maybe that's what <laughs> i don't know yes so maybe these i mean i guess i'm a millennial but maybe the the kids born after 2000 when they say turn of the century they're talking about that century they probably don't even know what a century is honestly but we've spent way too much time on this okay well <laughs> let me throw something out there and see if we can like cut a bunch of things off i wanted to know if anybody's got like the big obvious titles on their list things like gloomhaven which just hit kickstarter and will be coming out in retail uh, First Martians, Rising Sun. Like, does anybody have any of those on their list? No, I don't. I, I mean, I have some 
I guess some things. Um, you have some games on your list, Dan. That's good. Dan. I do. Cool. Well, no, I like I like I've got like Wasteland Express delivery yeah. service. Yeah. I have that, which is on there. I've got uh, Manhattan Project Two. Oh, I forgot is, about that. Uh, yeah. I, the thing is, I was looking at that that anticipation list that BGG puts out, and I I wasn't excited for like eighty percent of those games. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm I'm way off base this year. I think they're just kind of the obvious the, picks, the general populace. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. I don't know. Tiff might hmm. might be excited for this one, like I am, but I, this is just because I'm a nerd. But the um, the Antoine Bauza Ludovic Montblanc uh, Attack on Titan game comes out next month. I don't know how I feel about that. It looks really cool, though. <laughs> I think it could be good. It's not on my I, list, but I love Attack on Titan, so uh, I I'm interested. And it's got like the 3D kind of Titan that the players have to climb and then the other player plays the Titan, but you can like, you can scale the Titan as well as the walls. So I just, I picture in my head, like the guys just jumping all over the place. Like they do in the, the show kind of thing. Like, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down, like trying to avoid things. I don't know. could be really dumb or it could be really cool. I have a seventh continent on my list because I backed it and I don't know how I feel about it. I actually went in late on it. It's, the production is crazy though. I keep getting these Kickstarter updates and, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I've been, I feel like I've been in a, like a whirlwind of, uh, storytelling style games. So I don't know where I'm going to be at when that finally fulfills. Yeah. I was up in the air on that one. It was number one. It was really expensive. Number two, it just seemed like almost too much. Like, what do I need 850 cards for? Like, and it's one of those games that once you see it, you kind of, already kind of know what's going to happen so yeah i wound up pulling out of it but i mean for you like they said it's not going to probably hit retail so yeah uh, there's copy there's copies online now going for like 350 bucks that's wild it's insane like people are really into this game which I, it's a cool concept like and it looks really good but now dan I, mean, I play I, it i don't know if tiff you back this to dan you got anachrony right no I didn't. yeah that's that's on my list that comes the end of this month really because yeah. that game looked awesome, and I was going to back it, and I really, really wanted to, but I knew you were getting it, so I played the played the game there. Didn't want two copies of the same game. So now you can't sell this one, Dan. I'm sorry. It looks really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to try it. Um, I liked Tricarian for the most part. I thought it was a pretty solid game. Um, so I'm su- interested to see what these guys do with this little time-traveling mechanism where like you can place workers to pull resources from your future past self it's it's interesting i don't know how they're gonna do it yeah from what i've heard it's got like a bunch of superfluous minis that are no that don't add anything to the game really but just look cool so the ones that you can like stick stuff into yeah that 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 kind of probably will annoy me i mean they'll look cool but the fact that they don't do anything extra is one of those things i just that's like the excess of kickstarter that just annoys me they were extra though, so I know that I think you can play the game without them. Yeah, they literally just hold the little worker yeah. guy. They don't have any like special mech powers or anything like that. But they don't come uh, to life. Yeah, that one's like that. that one's coming. They say in the next couple weeks. So, yep, nice. that's on my list. Tiff, I, I want to get back to what you have on your list, but I also wanted to throw something at you. Did you come across Top Kitchen? I didn't. What is it? Top Kitchen is. A food game? I believe this was on Kickstarter, so I don't know what the availability is going to be, but it says it's coming out this year from Quantum Games. Uh, it's a dice-rolling hand management game where you're trying to make meals in a kitchen, and 
you get these like action cards and some menu cards where you need like certain ingredients to do. Then you bid on who's going to get to shop first and your shopping is so you're bidding to draft dice basically and then you roll your dice in this little frying pan which is your dice tray and that gives you your ingredients based on the dice that you have and things like that and you try to like complete the contracts it sounded like something that you would like it also sounded like something i would like but i was like this seems like a tiff game it's got quirky theme it's got dice yeah i'm i'm gonna just add that to my i should check that out it's called top kitchen so i don't, I don't know whether it's going to be in existence, but BGG has it. It sounds cool. There's some updates, things like that. So, uh, but now, please give me another game from your list that you chose. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited about the Nations, the dice game expansion. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Boo. Boo! Listen, I don't care. I, you know, whatever. It's a game that I like, and I can get to the table, and it's quick enough, and it has enough going on that it's fine. So. But it needed an expansion pretty much immediately when it came out, so I'm I'm glad that it's finally happening. Just play the guys. regular Nations game. They keep adding stuff to the dice game. By the time you're done adding all the stuff, it's just going to be the base game. I don't think it is. I think that's impossible. I have the, the big game, but the likelihood of me getting to play that, I mean, it's not going to happen <laughs> anytime soon. This is something I could play. It takes a half hour, so... But it's not very you know, fun, unfortunately. I think it's fine. I think it's fun. I like it. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time, Tiff. That's what you do. I know. But I'm excited about it nonetheless. I don't care what you say. I think you and a lot of other people will be excited for it because people do enjoy that game. Yeah. Dan and I are just curmudgeons. It's just a nice distillation, yeah. I think. There aren't too many it's, card it's versions too or dice That's my versions. Problem. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not meant for you, honestly. That's true. Few things are meant for Dan. That's fine. It's not as good as Roll for the Galaxy, I'll tell you that much. I do enjoy some Roll for the Galaxy. I haven't played it in a while. Oh, Roll for the Galaxy is like 400 times better than Nations, the dice game. That's a little hyperbolic. No, I think that's accurate. All right. I did the math. 300. Wow. All right. Let's let's call it right in the middle. 200 times better. Dan, what else is on your list? (laughs) Give me a game that is better than Nations, the dice game, the expansion. Tiff, this is where you and I boo him. Get ready. No, oh, there's okay. a there's a reprint coming that I'm excited about, which is Container, which is like a Grail game on many many people's lists. Uh, it's a purely economics game, which you can boo, but it it's sounds real awesome. boring. Here's a quick question. I think people only like that game because it's been out of print. And it's hard to find. Yeah, a legit question. If a game gets like reprinted, is it still a Grail game, or is the is the part of it is part of it being a Grail game the fact that it's like you want that old edition that's out of print no i think the fact that you couldn't get it the fact that it's getting reprinted is because it was a grail game for okay. so many i think it's not it's no longer going to be a grail game once it's no. reprinted it's done it's just a game yeah. and it has to stand on its merits which i don't know it's like space hulk it for like in my world like space hulk was a big thing space hulk third edition big cool minis game then they printed the fourth of the fourth edition and it just sits on store shelves now because people are like people are going crazy for that game Anyway. Yeah, but it's fourth edition, so there's like all the people that had it and are crazy about it got the first three, and then you got like the new age people that heard about it and they got the fourth edition. They're like, this isn't as good. But I'm pretty sure the fourth yeah, edition is like the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, so container. What else you got? Um, I mentioned Manhattan Project Two, which sounds pretty awesome. Yep. We're getting into the old nuclear arms race now. 
delivering nuclear things via the triad of strategic bombers, ballistic subs, and land-based ballistic missiles. Cool. Blow the shit out of all of it. Does it still have those tiny little Manhattan Project people? Uh, yes. That make nuclear war cute. Yes, the Doozers. The Doozers. The Is that what nuclear. The nu- no, they're that's not, from Fraggle that's Rock. From Fraggle Rock, you millennial. That's yeah, millennial. That's from like. <laughs> that's from. That's like turn of the century cartoon stuff, right there, Matt. Come on. They weren't cartoons, weren't they? Like live action puppets. No, they were puppets. They were puppets. Yeah. But the Doozers, look them up. Basically, the cutest things ever. And then the Fraggles would come in and eat all their hard work. It was so sad. How does that tie into Manhattan Project? I'm confused. They they look no, like they little look Doozers. Like all right, hold on. Just Google Go ahead. Doozers. You keep talking. I'm gonna Google. Google Doozers. Doozers. Um, so he's mentioned that. Um, one I'll mention: a steamship company. This has been on my list for a while. This is the new Mac Gertz game. They do look like um, Doozers. Okay, I got you. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big fan of his. Um, I really just love how sleek and clever his designs are while still being pretty damn deep. Um, So I'm really looking forward to his new one, which is Steamship Companies. And you are investors in companies and industrialists running your own kind of shipyards and storehouses and passengers offices. And you're trying to like make money by selling coal and your steamships that you're building and yeah it's it's gonna be good his, his themes always like at the like when you read about them don't sound horribly interesting if you're not into that sort of thing but when you play the games they're just ridiculously good now Na- i mean navigador and concordia are like two of my two of my favorites i still haven't There's... played concordia but i love navigador navigador is is slick i finally played that at bggcon for the first time and I own it, so I'm happy I own it. Um, but, yeah. So, Mac Gertz's new game. Hopefully it comes out. It was supposed to come out at Essen. It was actually supposed to come out at Essen like two years ago. Then it was supposed to come out last year, and they pushed it back again. So, I don't know what the issue is, but hopefully it makes its way this year. Fingers crossed. Very cool, very cool. Dan, do you think you'll be backing Rising Sun? What is is that? Uh, Rising Sun is the Eric, blood, Eric Lang? Uh, blood Rage Japanese one. The only reason I would back it is because it's Japanese theme, but it's Eric Lang, and I'm not his biggest fan. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I heard this one has more like, like negotiation and player interaction in it, like that sort of stuff, mm. which isn't my bag. Interesting. I, I'm not a big negotiation game fan. Gotcha. So, so how do you feel about Bowser plus Eric Lang, in Victorian Masterminds? Oh, Victorian Mastermind sounds awesome. Okay. Just the theme alone. It's well, that's my, really all there is. There's theme. my city of choice. Yeah, yeah. There's theme and it's worker placement. That's what we know. Yeah, um, I see like Eric Lang and Bowser like tweet about it every once in a while, like cryptically. But I I know nothing about it other than, um, you know, I I hope that Bowser can rein in the the genius of Eric Lang. Is it going to be the 2017 title? Uh, hmm? It's supposed to be, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so Bowser coming back on my list with two games. We'll see. He needs to make up for Oceano, so... I think you both got to play another game on my list, which is coming through Kickstarter Fulfillment from our lovely sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. Uh, I backed Yokohama, so my deluxe edition will be here at some point. I'm excited for that. Check that out. Kind of crazy Euro game. Uh, I'm also excited for, I think, TC... TC Petty the Third. I think he. I think his Spires could be one of the best small card games of the year. I love that game. Have you I played backed it? it. Yeah. 
I've played it multiple times. No, I was talking to Matt. Oh. I was talking to Matt. Oh. I haven't played it, but just from looking okay. at it, like I, I just, I mean, I get the feel. It's not an overly complex game in terms of I watched, no. we read up on it, we did it for Kickstarter. I think that it looks like it could be good enough. Now you guys have played it, so you can tell me whether or not I'm crazy. But no, I don't no, think it's you're good. Crazy. No, I don't it's think really you're good. crazy. It's good. I just saw the um, the scoring mechanic in another game that I just recently played, and I can't remember. What we it were was. playing, and you said, "Oh, this is TC's thing." And I can't yeah. remember what it was. Um, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, Zooscape. Oh, yeah, Zooscape. yeah, yeah. Yeah, where you can't go past three cards in your pile, or you start yeah. losing points for those cards. So it's a cool tension. I mean, it's been done before too, but that's yeah. one of the main things in Spires. That's pretty cool. And Dan, is Valletta on your list? Tiff and I just talked about this last uh, news episode. Stefan Dora uh, deck building. I just listened to your news episode, and you said, you know, "I was, I was, I was like, oh, should I be one of those people that corrects them?" Because I think you said. Karuba was from Stefan Dora, and I was like, "No, it's Dorn." Oh, and I like I, I just said it to my radio, and I was like, "I'm not going to be that person that tweets." No, that's at fine. Well, correct. <laughs> no, I was just I was just chuckling. Rudiger Dorn. I found is Karuba. I'm sorry. I found myself like, "Oh God, I don't want to." Am I one of those internet people now? You no. are one of those internet uh, people. You what, are. What does Stefan Dora do? <laughs> Dora to turn the tide. Turn the tide. That's the uh, yeah. Amazonas, which is one of the dumbest games I've ever played. Um. But he does a lot of good stuff. Either way, Valletta or v- Valletta. I don't know how it's pronounced, but... I'll try anything he does. Yeah. It's not on my list, but I would uh, I would definitely check it out. Tiff, what else you got? I don't know. I already mentioned Victorian Masterminds. Everything else... I, I mean, I have a lot of Kickstarters that are set to come in 2017. Yep, I do too. So... <laughs> I mean, these are these are usually the ones that you've conned me into backing during the Kickstarter episodes. I feel like so con I, is a strong word, but uh, okay, convinced, sell me, yeah, convinced me. maybe. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Spire, Spires. I'm looking forward to Sagrada is coming. Oh yeah. Um, Coldwater Crown. I'm yeah, really looking forward I'm excited to for that. That should so. come soon. Starving, starving artists. I ended up backing that. So did you get that yet? Yeah. That started to fulfill. I I think it's only fulfilling for like Australia right now or something like no, that. Steve got his. Yeah. Oh, I haven't gotten. And Craig yet. got his. There's a lot of cards in that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So I don't know. I have a lot of Kickstarters. I'm kind of curious to see what Gondola will yeah. be like because it's tile laying and it's yeah. racing. But I want to hear about that for sure. What a good theme. Yeah. Almost as good I, as pizza delivery. Is, is Gondola going to be the new Vikings? Who knows? One can only hope. <laughs> Guys, I've got the best th- theme for you this year, though. Mm. In a game called uh, uh, Petrichor, I believe it's called. You are a cloud. Yes, I just read <laughs> that. You determine the weather. Your entire purpose in life is to expand, sire other clouds, and water the crops. <laughs> That probably is the best theme. Oh, you God. play as a cloud. It's so good. You manipulate the weather and assimilate the, these rogue clouds to contribute <laughs> to the growth of as many crops as possible. Rogue All clouds. in order to claim the title of Most Valuable Cloud. <laughs> MVC. That does sound good. Most Valuable Cloud. I love yeah. a good quirky theme. That's a fantastic theme. It's got a voting element. And those always kind of like make me stray, but I, I love the theme. It's pretty, It sounds cool. One of my, you know, this is like my last game on my list and probably one of my most anticipated of the year so far uh, is a relatively themeless game 
Uh, it runs around the four basic elements, fire, water, earth, and wind. And it's called Elements, if you Element, if you can believe it, from Rather Dashing. Uh, it should be coming soon. Area control, uh, two to four player, looks awesome. Really excited, it's got a really good look to it. And uh, I just can't wait to get my hands on it because I love abstract games so much. And this one is so pretty. It's got little tiny sage-like figures. Looks so good. That's probably one of my favorite on the list. Any other notable things before we wrap up the episode? What else has got you I've going, I've got a bunch Dan? of historical games. So I've got a game called John Company. Um, and this is the, the telling of the British East India Company um, from the inside. So you're trying to steer your dynasty through your company's history and vying for position and power and all that good stuff. But it's a it's a card-based game. It's from Sierra Madre. Um, so the guys that brought you like Phil Eklund's games and stuff like that. So, yeah. And apparently it has like a, a campaign to it, which would be interesting. But again, I love the history stuff. Uh, on that same thing, I've got uh, Colonial Twilight, which is the... Uh, French-Algerian War two-player coin game coming out. And then also Imperial Struggle, which is the new um, sequel to Twilight Struggle from those designers. And this one is based in the 18th century rivalry rivalry between France and Britain. So that really intrigues me much more than Cold War. Agreed. I saw that too. Yeah, I'm really excited for that one on theme alone. Having just been through like hamilton and all that good stuff so um yeah and you and you guys will laugh i actually have a solo game on my list what? which one yeah mr president yeah yeah i just want to try it i don't know that i'll buy it but i really want to be the president and see how dumb donald trump really is I was gonna like, say i think just, uh no one wants that job right now no or everyone does yeah and the last game on my list is lignum which is the the reprint coming from uh capstone games it's the lumberjacking game oh nice uh, so i had a solo yeah. game i didn't talk about i've got nemo's war coming from kickstarter at some point but the production on that is like slowed to a crawl i do not get why it's taking them so long it was anticipated in november and they just sent the files for printing so I'll see you at the end of the year nemo's war it's okay Aww. now we're gonna end the show on a down note i thought that was what we were supposed to do Oh, we need to stop doing that. All right, let's end, it. let's end awesome. it on the best note. The game that none of us talked about, that we're all anticipating, that will be our best game of the year, Rhino Hero Super Battle. <laughs> That's a given. Be. That's been yeah. talked about in the last two episodes, so that was a given. I thought we, it should probably be on here, right? Yeah, that's the game of the year. Because you want to play as a giraffe? <laughs> yeah. Giraffe I want to play, player. yeah. I want to just knock over bigger towers. That's what I want to do. Well... That's a that's a lot of games, and that's not even. I mean, there were tons that looked cool, but that I have, and a n- bunch of them will be announced in like April, May, once Gen Con yeah. creeps up. So that's where we're at right now for 2017. A lot coming, especially from three people who are trying not to buy a lot of games. Should be interesting. But for now, thank you for joining us for episode 62 of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. Remember, you can always find us on Facebook.com/slash League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can always always shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. We want to hear what you are anticipating and what is on your top of the stack over on BGG Guild number 2077. And while you're there, I've got a ton of geek gold that I'm willing to give away for a tiny Meeple Shield micro badge. Check us out on Instagram, 
at League Nonsense or me at Cinnamon Buns. If you enjoy the show, if you really would like to help us kind of promote and, you know, get out there, we would appreciate iTunes reviews and Golden Geek nominations for the season. Head on over to BGG and check that out where you can nominate us and over to iTunes where you can rate us. And if you want to chat with us directly about some of the things we like or how I get facts wrong or things like that, you can do so on Twitter. Dan, if they want to find you, where do they do that? At scandalous underscore nad or at league nonsense. Tiff, where do they find you? I'm at ineptgamer. Did I throw you guys off? It was weird. I did it backwards today. Mixing I wasn't it up. even paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot Tiff was here, so. <laughs> it happens. You can find me Quiet. at cinnamon buns spelled phonetically. Thank you again for joining us. Hopefully we will see you next week with me being much clearer and less echoey. <laughs> Everyone say goodbye. Bye. Toodles. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.